our opinions are our own. Yes, and we truly love you, Shudder. I mean, Master. everybody before we dive into mandy i just wanted to um to put things in context we record these ahead of time we recorded this one in november um right after curtis's birthday just to you know let you know when we recorded this also there's a faint electrical hum sound throughout that is uh, very annoying to me you might not notice it if it annoys you i apologize um it's definitely curtis's fault um but he moved so uh it should stop so, um, anyway, here's the show. Guys, I forgot what we watched last week. I'm not used to doing these every week now. What did we watch Seriously, last week? Urban Legend. We, Urban Legend. Urban Legend. That's right. Oh, boy. I guess, to be fair, this is, I've, this is coming after hot on the heels of my day of birth when I watched eight Jason movies, Friday the 13th movies, mm-hmm. in almost good. 24 you, hours. and then You did pretty good. I was impressed. Yeah. We're still now because the life has moved on from my birthday that we're still in the middle of Freddy versus Jason and uh, mm. still have the remake to come after. You could just right. press stop on Freddy versus Jason and just go straight to the remake. So this is true. So so Cody, the man who doesn't count things that he's <laughs> viewed, if he's not viewed it properly, even though he's viewed it, is telling me to just stop <laughs> a, 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 a plight. <laughs> that yeah. I have for myself because he's on a mission. <laughs> what? <laughs> you already watched it this year. I know. It's and I got to finish it. I already got through the shitty parts. They're about to start fighting. Now I got now I want to watch the rest of it. It's just not a good movie. It's I know, so it's tough not. to watch. It's not the worst one though. I mean, no, he got through Man- he got through Manhattan. I mean, an X. So like it's cakewalk, dude. <laughs> I keep hoping that I'm going to go back and revisit those movies and find that like some glimmer of love in 8. It just doesn't work, man. It's even worse the next time around. There's nothing there. It's, it's just, so tough. It, it's so muddled and not what it's advertised as. Ooh. Although Jason punches a guy's head off. I mean, that's what that, I was gonna say. Like, I I, I want him to get to Manhattan because I love that yeah. part yeah. when he's yeah. finally in Manhattan. The very like <laughs> yeah, for the, <laughs> the absurdity of them landing in the dock and the the main girl getting. Ab- getting mugged, abducted, almost raped, and shot up with drugs is <laughs> just. <laughs> hey, welcome to New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, did no you have any, away their drugs? Did you have any rank changes? I did have some fairly. I had, had probably two substantial rank changes. Mm-hmm. Jason goes to hell. Moved up three slots. Ooh, <laughs> fucking right, wow. it did. Three? Yeah, it did. I did have that. I had that below um, five and. 10 
I and know. eight, I think. I, yeah. I, you did, because I was like, there, there's no yeah. fucking way you can say that this movie is worse than Manhattan. There's no, there's just no, no way. It's not. So I'm glad you've seen the light. I know what I, I think I've, I know what I thought at the time, and it's just like, I want to see my Jason Voorhees, and this one doesn't give it to me as much as I like. But it's so, on this viewing, the movie plays, how I described it to Jessica was, the movie plays like if part six were like just a, a terrible STD ridden hermit underneath an overpass like that. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. It's, it's very part dirty. six. It wants to change. It wants to like be wild. It's mm-hmm. just really gross. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird and gross and I loved it so much. And then part seven, I think had the biggest uptick maybe. Part seven, I, I know I text you. I was like, "Part seven fucks," and it does. Mm. That movie, like, that's the that's the one where I'm finally like, "Oh, we give Jason a th- a thing to battle." It's a better versus movie than Freddy versus Jason. He's battling telekinesis girl, and it's <laughs> so good. The kills are great. And, like the kids, I described as they're like chapter four level kids with like chapter three level storytelling, which is what like brings it down a bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> is seven the Crispin Glover one? No, that's no, four. That's four. Oh, that's four. But yeah, four's great. with seven, uh, for something that we can discuss in about 30, 40 minutes, uh, seven was used as a reference point for the movie that we're going to talk about today. Huh? Really? Yes. Specifically one thing. We'll get there. Oh wow! Ooh, a little you hear that? A little teaser, a little tantalizing teaser. Mm. On that note, welcome back to the Shudcast. Shudcast. Shudder.com. Shudder.com. I realized I felt really bad after last week's recording that I was like, we didn't pimp Shudder enough. Like we hardly mentioned it. I feel like we've been well, out of the game. Uh, you know what? I think we pimp Shudder plenty because we are a Shudder podcast. I believe we were the first Shudder podcast. This is true. And now they're they're giving Instagram love to other podcasts. Eli Roth has got a Shutter sponsored podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know we've been like we're the, we're like the needy ex girlfriend who's like, oh, if you come over, I'll <laughs> your and they're like, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, and they're like just running train all over town. And we're like, but maybe you come here. So no, I am t- establishing my independence and saying no, you got to earn the blowjob, <laughs> Shutter. This is fair. I, I'm not going to begrudge you that. Um, well, my feelings it. are hurt personally because it's been how many how many months since we started like releasing episodes? June like six. June? June? No, no. It was April. It was, it was April. No, I think it was April. May. Either April or May. It was May. I think it was the end of May. So it was late spring. So that's like <laughs> six months. So, they know yeah. who we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have to I know. accost them a lot on social media. I don't tell you guys, but I DM them when I'm really drunk. <laughs> I DM them. <laughs> I even told one of the marketing them people stuff. about us. That's a true story. I've been putting all our episodes on uh, CDs and mailing them <laughs> to the offices. And it, it takes like two CDs per episode. Wait. So they have like 12 CDs. <laughs> real, real talk. Maybe this is a good way to get to their hearts. Let's let's put them on floppy disks. <laughs> if I had any Can way to even do that, that I would. I'm sure you'd fit a great whole two minutes of our episode. <laughs> on one of How many floppies would it take for one hour long podcast? even better. We'll just set up a box of fucking floppy like disks for one episode. Just with Here's a note that says, figure episode. it out. <laughs> It's a great way to get their sponsorship and their yeah, love. Yeah, they would definitely toss that away. My last floppy disk memory was 
there was uh, I went to Taco Bell once <laughs> as a like a kid, like maybe almost middle school aged kid, and I think I got like a kids meal or whatever. But it came with a floppy disk game what like a computer game on a floppy disk was the like toy that was their promotion they were doing and i think even at that point i didn't really like i think i made the computer maybe had a floppy but even i was like floppy yeah. disk <laughs> <laughs> i need to why why is it called a floppy disk this is the this is the horror of reality it's not floppy no. it's well, not. i think the inner part is floppy it is yeah. floppy it's i like believe a ribbon the the plastic is right the sleeve is is more like the cocoon or the yeah the uh, ar- armor. I don't know what, what do bugs have. <laughs> the they shell. have uh, the exoskeleton okay. of the floppiness is within. Uh, beautiful professor, uh, culture expert slash self-proclaimed uh, technology expert. Air yes. Quotes. Um, do you know why it's called a floppy disk erroneously and for no reason? Because if you take that hard outer shell out uh, off of it, the little th- you know that little silver squarey part. You slide it over. Uh-huh. There's a little disky thing, and it flops around like <laughs> inside. Inside, yeah. So the thing, the thing that you're seeing is a protective shell to a very loose. I feel thing like you're just made repeating of, like, what Austin said. <laughs> yeah, but Did now I? we know for I sure. I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. I was, listening. I was trying to. I was trying to remember what I watched this week on my Amazon <laughs> watch list. In case this came he's a step it. ahead just to be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> but but if that's what Austin said, then Austin was completely right. So good job. Hey, I guessed that I was correct. <laughs> Lucas doesn't have time for shenanigans. He's got to figure out what he's got. What he watched this week. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I've, I guess I've already talked about what I watched this week. So Lucas, are you are you prepared for? Uh, yeah, I guess the only thing that I, I that's worth mentioning. Oh, I, I did watch. I did after you mentioned uh, part seven of Friday the Thirteenth. I did watch that again because I loved oh, it so yeah. much. Um, but then I also, for the first time, not horror related, kind of Fate of the Furious for the first time. Hey. Hey, and that's the first time you watched that. Uh huh. I, I know. I was ashamed of myself. Did you Did you put it <laughs> off on purpose? Because I know, like, if, of anybody, I'm going to you for Fast and Furious love. Uh huh. So and and well, uh, yeah, I'm in the I camp now too. What was you that? What? I, I I'm. Don't you remember? Kayla and I deep dive watched all of them like last year. This is true. I guess Lucas came first. Like it was like. Yeah, when oh, I yeah, met yeah. Lucas, it was yeah, like, well, oh, I he's remember the guy who loves the <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember meeting Curtis. It's like, oh, apparently I found the, yeah. the only other guy in the world that is madly in love with Fast and the Furious yeah. the way right. I am. Yes, and I, think I was I, very late to the party, but I'm now, I'm in, I'm in, and, boys. Maddie's, and, uh, Maddie's favorite. And there was, there was a scene of zombie cars, so there was a horror element in there. When they when they take over, they tap into all the cars in the street, and it just becomes this like wave of cars that <laughs> <laughs> floods the street. Yeah. I was like, uh, "That's really fucking cool." That was like my only phrase in my letterboxed review of the movie was "zombie cars." I mean, like the nuclear submarines, awesome, and there's some plot plot points that I don't want to spoil for anyone that mm-hmm. I love yeah. so dearly. Um, but yeah, it, it's just it's just perfect mm-hmm. I, i've only seen that the once when i saw it in theaters and i guess my one sentence one word 
review is just hashtag not my family. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand that fucking movie, man. <laughs> oh no! Wow! Oh no! Which one? You are not going to let Scott Eastwood in this bitch like a Paul, like a poor ass Paul Walker replacement come oh. in and drink your fucking Coronas. Okay. Hell no. Yeah, I forgot. I I guess I chose to forget that. But. And that movie reeks of like the the Vin Diesel rock beef. So like when they should be interacting they're clearly not and the movie bifurcates to like do the whole kind of Hobbs and Shaw sort of thing early mm-hmm. and then it's like mm-hmm. I just it's, wait, but that's, you- it's like it's like drama built in the already fabricated drama that they do it's that's sort of like <laughs> oh this is so delicious everything that's going on in here <laughs> wait do Vin Diesel or do or did Vin Diesel and The Rock have a, have beef in real life do you not oh, know this no, they, <laughs> are you fucking surprised they hate each other <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know what's Vin, been patched up, if anything, but... Vin yeah. hates the... I, I, this is purely conjecture. Uh, Vin hates The Rock because The Rock is bigger and balder. <laughs> Vin Diesel, so everyone likes him more because he's, like, better Vin Diesel. And The Rock hates Vin Diesel because Vin Diesel is probably, like, a whiny little bitch. <laughs> yeah. And The Rock is the happiest dude ever. And he's like, why, can't, why are you being such a whiny little bitch? He's like, oh, because you're the bigger me. Everyone likes you more than me. <laughs> That's my guess. That's Am I it. Right? We don't need to extrapolate anymore. That's Does, fucking it. Not that I necessarily even want to know anything else after that wonderful conjecture, but do Lucas or Curtis, do you know why they have a beef? Curtis does. It, it, Who fucked whose wife? Yeah, it was, it's a, it was a matter of, like, they kind of beefed about whose franchise it was, kind of. It's Vin Diesel's franchise. So I think it was, it was, it was about Diesel was not happy with how he was being treated because the rock at this point in 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 eight was just this global superstar and vin diesel this is his franchise yes but like he also he took that to the set and he was just like salty and bitchy on set and wouldn't come out of his trailer for a couple days and the, the rock made a public instagram post that was vague but it was like you know on you know, I love my Fast and Furious family. Like, like so and so shows up, so and so shows up. But every now and then, you get a whiny little bitch who just won't come out. Like, it was, it was in that vein, <laughs> and it clearly was Vin Diesel. <laughs> and, oh wow! And he's like, you don't. He's like, because apparently he also treats people like shit on set sometimes. Like, is that a surprise about Vin no, Diesel? Like, he just no. is. You know, he's territorial, and, and it seems like bitch. he sucks. Yeah, and uh, but have you really heard his song though? though? Beautiful yes, voice. Shit, what a slaps. <laughs> Vin Diesel? Holy yeah, he put out a shit. song. Oh, Cody hasn't heard the Vin Diesel song? You haven't heard the what? Vin Diesel song? No. Welcome oh back to God. the Diesel cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has a song out, like a club a club hit, and it's it's exactly what you think it sounds like. He's pulling like. an Idris Elba? My God. Yeah, but Idris, well, Idris Does Idris Elba sing? No, I don't or think does so. he just, I think he just DJs. No, Idris Elba fucks, dude. His, his shit fucks yeah. hard. Well, I, anything he does, I'm in. I, I would, I'd be in his harem in a heartbeat. <laughs> Lucas, you watched Fate of the Furious and mm-hmm. Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Is that is that, yep. is that what you did? That's it. That's Great. it. Mm-hmm. No more. You did, you did a seven and an eight. You need to put like a, a nine in there or a six oh, yeah. to like bookend it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been very Great. busy. So that's all I got. <laughs> I'm like Jaden now. You're jaded um, now. I'm, no, I'm just gonna, I was just going to say I'm like jaded now because when somebody's like, yeah, I watched two movies in the last seven days, I'm like, really? I watched <laughs> this two? many. And I feel I then, I, then I'm like, I'm like, why is nobody else doing this? And then I remember that it's because I'm just being, I'm yeah. fucking torturing myself. Austin, what did you watch this week? Well, I had a pretty decent week, boys, uh, all things considered. Um, to kick off this past week, um, Kalen picked the movie. 
and Kaylin usually doesn't get to pick the movies, and you'll soon see why. <laughs> she was she was upset at the fact that we never let her pick her movie, so we let her pick the movie. She picked Secret Window. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> With Johnny Depp. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, she threw out The Descendants, and we were like, no, we cannot watch The Descendants. <laughs> I, we, we heard that. that. I think we, we got that. We heard that. <laughs> so we watched Johnny Depp's Secret Window. That's kind of horror-esque. Oh, yeah. It's based on a Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And I like the story, and I love the ending, but boy, is it not executed very well. Hmm. I did not enjoy it. More, much more importantly, I then watched a movie that's not horror, but very much horror adjacent because it's directed by John Carpenter. I watched Big Trouble in Little China for the first time. Oh, yes. And I think it is phenomenal. It's <laughs> so good. Like, I loved it when I watched it, and then I've thought about it every day since. You <laughs> marinate on like, that thing and just the choices it makes and the. Wow. It, it took me like 20 minutes to like figure out what they were doing. Like, okay, they're kind of parodying themselves and kind of poking fun at this sort of subgenre. But like, I was going in, I was nervous because of the time that like maybe it'd be a little culturally insensitive and maybe it'd be a white savior story. And I, I, I should never have doubted John Carpenter. Nope. (laughs) It is very forward thinking in those ways. And it calls that bullshit out. There's a crazy ape monster (laughs) and an eyeball thing. I mean, Oh, I just, fuck. I loved that movie. That's a movie I'm going to watch a lot. Is it still, which is how I felt about tonight's movie as well. I don't think so. It's not still on Shutter. Fuck. I was going to say, that'd be a good one to do an episode on. No, I had to rent it. It was going to be buying it. At least I think it was on Shutter earlier this year. I know I watched it. Oh, if it ever comes back, we're doing it because, oh my God. It's a great movie. Yeah, that's what, when you mentioned it in our little little text for a minute, I think, like, I was like, bold claim here. I think that's his his masterpiece. I think that's his top. That might be his best. You might might be right. Yeah, just because it is so much. Like you say, a, a vision. I, I know the world. I'm in the world. It it has a very specific flavor. There's no fat on it. It is just wild and its own thing. And I am a better for having seen it. <laughs> then I, I watched A Quiet Place again. Yeah, which I just love. I just think mm-hmm. it's fantastic. It's a I badass little design. movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love the creature design so much. Yeah. And then this isn't technically a horror movie, but I think you could classify it as a horror movie. I watched the HBO documentary called Class Action Park. Oh, I almost watched that this week. I <sighs> So, like, <laughs> I feel like as a documentary, it's not great because it's not really saying a lot beyond here's the kind of shit that happened at this amusement park, water park, really. But the shit that happened at that water park is insane. Just, I mean, the things that, they're just rides made by people who have no business making those rides, and then it's supervised by drunk teenagers. Is it like, is it, <laughs> is it like, a, it sounds like a Tiger King of water parks. <laughs> Pretty much. There was this, it was in New Jersey in the 80s. There was this, this crazy rich man built a water park, and like, he literally built a loop water slide, like a water slide with a loop. Like that vertically goes... Like it goes like, <laughs> and like they're not engineers. They didn't, and, and to test it, the guy who owns the water park would stand at the bottom with with a, a handful of hundred dollar bills 
And any of his employees who would go down it, he would give them $100. That's how he tested it. And they were saying some people came down. Some people came down. There was like some padding in it. And so, but some people were coming down with like with like cuts all over them. They couldn't figure out why. So they like opened it up, the loop part. People's teeth had come out and gotten lodged into that padding. So then the next person who goes was getting cut on the first person's teeth. <laughs> oh, that is the tip of the iceberg. And it's That's just so good. Ninety minutes of, and then on this ride, this crazy horrible shit would happen all the time. Where do I it's watch this? HBO Max. Fantastic. A lesser. Uh, streaming a lesser service, streaming, but, but you know, yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll pay us one day. Who knows? Yeah, I'm glad we switched. <laughs> did you have you guys seen? Do you know Johnny Knoxville made a narrative version of this? Yes, I did hear about that. Yeah, I yes. didn't see it. I'm a bad I'm a bad fan sometimes, but I was stoked I on it. Yeah, he where he plays that guy and like he just does shitty stunts to like tell mm-hmm. the the narrative version of that. Yeah, yeah. it's it's highly recommend watching because the shit I mean it's like literally my I like I don't go to water parks anyway yeah. for two reasons number one the pools are all pee-pee just <laughs> filled with pee-pee and I cannot ever get that out of my head and number two there's no safety harness I'm not strapped onto this slide there's <laughs> like it's like basic physics that's maybe gonna have me not die fuck that no absolutely not get the fuck out of here I'm gonna go on this stupid water slide I'm never going on a water slide the rest of my life. That's just not something I'm ever going to do again. And I'm fine with that. So watching this was like, like I, in Austin, my letterbox, we've definitely I said, been like, to a water park together. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm say, saying all three of us have been there together. I'm not saying I have never been to a water park. What I'm saying is I will never revisit a water park. Yeah. Uh, but I wrote in my letterbox that the last time I noticed my mouth being dry from it being open was in Mad Max Fury Road. Because <laughs> I, I was just watching this thing and I'd catch myself like, I, yeah. this is just insanity. Yeah. So I highly recommend. Hell yeah. All right, Cody, how many movies, how many horror movies have we watched this year? Uh, how far away are you from your goal? I'm at 307. Tonight will oh, be 308. God. So I'm uh, uh, after, re- presently, as of this moment, I'm 16 movies behind. So is that why you have to get off here at a certain time so you can go watch a movie? Partially, but also to appeal to my wife who um, got frustrated with me the other night because, um, uh, last night, actually, because I went from work upstairs to smoke a cigarette and say hi, come back downstairs to scream into a microphone for an hour and a half to make (laughs) a 20-second recording, to go back upstairs, eat dinner, to then go into the living room where we, um, so we, this is part of the movies that I've been watching. We, we've been watching all of the Harry Potter movies together. Mm-hmm. Something that we do every year. Um, uh, we were on, I don't remember which one we watched last night. I'm so that's partially. You, do you like those? I'm surprised you, you like those. I love those. those movies. They're awesome. Um, that is yeah. surprising. Wow. <laughs> uh, I like I the tone movies. of your voice. I feel like you're, I feel like you're under duress <laughs> <laughs> when you say that. Yeah, is there a gun pointed at you? Like twice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, so then I, I sat there on my phone most of the movie because I was uh, reading about things for the movie that we watched. Uh, we watched. We're going to talk about tonight. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I have to finish this early so I can go upstairs and probably watch another Harry Potter movie and then watch another horror movie. Oh fuck! So I can stay. You're on out track. of control. You are out of control. I have not been sleeping a lot. No, there's no way. Which Harry Potter movie are you on? Uh, we are on, uh, let's see here. Last night we watched Order of the Phoenix, so tonight we're on Half-Blood Prince. Hell yeah. Um, oh, fun time. Uh, we're, at the part, we're at the point 
we're, I love the, the, the tail end of those movies so much. They're so fucking Yeah, fun. I really do, too. I have, unfortunately, a few years ago, when I went to um, meet Kalen's family for the first time over New Year's, I got uh, violently ill via food poisoning from a bad sandwich. Um, <laughs> so I was holed up in her room, uh, constantly shitting and puking. <laughs> And they were, they were just had a marathon of those on for some reason, like all of them. So I just for like twenty four hours was just watching all the Harry Potter movies and violently <laughs> shitting and puking everything from within me. So every time I see those, I kind of think about like it just kind of triggers that like feeling. But yeah. other than that, I do really like those movies. So now, <laughs> other than the Pavlovian, you know, yeah, shit. Exactly. Uh, I mean, they're, they're they're fucking awesome movies, and I I tend to notice like little things either good or bad every time i watch them like this past time i think it's in goblet of fire yeah goblet of fire i noticed that johnny greenwood from radiohead and one other guy from radiohead are playing in the band yeah oh yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh i had no oh, idea that johnny funny. greenwood was in that i thought that was pretty cool just super that's random fine. um God, i also I, I also loved like the the kind of joke reading of those movies were uh Harry is the villain and Dudley is the hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dudley is the hero? Yeah, have you guys ever read that? It's really fucking yeah. funny. There actually is an argument to be made from Dudley's perspective. Harry is at, at fault. Yes. He's the one causing all these fucking problems. Dudley's yeah. just trying to live his life with his parents and Harry shows oh, up. Oh, I love, I love this... that Neville Longbottom is actually uh, the hero this, of the series, yeah. too. So, well, I actually I stand that. by that. I think that Neville is the yeah, hero of the series. Legit. And in watching them last night, I realized that um, it, they almost, she almost wrote it. Well, I never noticed this as a kid. Maybe you guys did. But it, like she J.K. Rowling almost, who's a trans, transphobic fucking bitch now, um, mm-hmm. almost, uh, it's almost like she wrote Harry and Neville to be like counterparts of each other. Where like mm-hmm. Harry's really, like they have the same basic backstory, right? Mm-hmm. The parents yeah. die, horrible deaths by Voldemort or his fucking people. Yeah, and the prophecy then, basically could have been about either. Totally, yeah. it totally could have been, and it almost like it's almost like at the end, like it's and it's, fucking spoiler alert, we've all seen Harry Potter by <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> you know, it could. It's just I don't know. It almost feels like Neville. Yeah. Neville's just like the sad bastard cousin that doesn't get the fucking you know praise that he should. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's tie this into what we talk about. Because you started doing a little deep dive into the arguments as to why Harry Potter actually might be uh, in the horror genre. Are you counting them towards your... No. No, I'm not. No, but but while I was watching them, I had this moment where I was like, could I cheat? <laughs> could I cheat? That's how I know you're yep. getting close to fucking could, down to the wire. <laughs> could I count these? Like, can I cheat? I'm like, I'm already 16. Be- I'm already 15 behind. Can I cheat? Yeah, and I looked it up. The Dementors. Well, because like at a certain point, Werewolves. like they're fucking like there. There's like a lot yeah. of like real fucked up, scary shit that happens in those movies mm-hmm. throughout, mm-hmm. right? I oh, ultimately uh, Umbridge just- definitely gets raped. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> By fucking by the, the centaurs, yeah, dude. She exactly. definitely gets aggressively raped by centaurs and murdered. I assume. So yeah, that's pretty horrific. <laughs> she doesn't get murdered, but um, they they clarify that. We don't know. Oh, does she come back? Yeah, they clarify. Well, she doesn't come back, oh. but they clarify it at the end of uh, Order of the Phoenix. Oh, I see. Um, but no, ultimately, I decided that I cannot count them as horror movies, despite the fact that I think there are a lot of horrific things. It's mm-hmm. just not enough there that seems Good like enough. horror for me to call it a horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fair. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, what did I watch that was horror? Uh, I watched, uh, after we did the last episode, I watched The Lawnmower Man, which is a dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> uh, it's really just not a good no. movie at all. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd heard that it was good. It's not. That person's fucking wrong. Um, Blood Vessel on Shudder. Oh, I watched that. Is not what do you think? I gave it two and a half stars. Yeah, I think that's what oh. I gave it to. It's, it's <laughs> like it's like a great starting point, and they just don't really. Yeah, there's some cool it. shit. Yeah, oh, really I really want to see it. I saw it on the home screen and was like, yeah, yeah I need to watch this. Yeah, it's, I it's, would still recommend people watch it. Like yeah. if you're into that, like yeah, turn it on, do go about your business, and just you know mm-hmm. tune in every twenty minutes or so. What, what's like know. Nazis and weird shit on a on a ship? Yeah, you know it's fucking crazy. It's worth watching. Um, I watched also on Shutter Saturday the fourteenth. Oh, um, I do want to watch that. Wow, <laughs> it is fucking familiar. Wild, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Seriously, like it's fun. It's like legit fun. I think I gave it three stars on Letterboxd. It's like a legit fun movie. It's not a good movie. It's just fun. Um, and it's got, I'm blanking on his fucking name, the, the uh, Frank or um, George, uh, George Sr. from Arrested Development stars in it. Jeffrey Tambor. Oh. Jeffrey Tambor, yeah. And he plays the vampire. And it's very random it's and funny. so hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting to see like a super young Jeffrey Tambor too. Um, right. And then I watched, I've been on a Mario Bava uh, kick. I watched Kill Baby Kill, which I cannot recommend enough. It's fucking awesome. Uh, and I watched The Whip in the Body, which is a much lesser Kill Baby Kill, but also super worth watching. Um, kind of a weird little S&M kinky gothic movie um, with Christopher Lee, like a super young Christopher Lee. Or Ooh. rather, excuse me, like an 80s Christopher Lee. Um, uh, totally worth your time. Um, and then I did the thing that you guys are all going, I'm going to pr- just bring this up and I'm going to prepare for a lot of beratement. Uh, dear listeners, as I'm sure you watch, cause you all watched, uh, we did our, our, uh, hello stream episode on plan nine where we all watched together. Uh, Ooh, I did, I, I felt that I could not count that towards my movie watchings because I did not feel that I actually watched the movie enough to uh-huh. actually like give it a, a real like critical viewpoint of it. Uh, so I went back and watched it again. Good for you. Yeah. And Good. about three quarters of the way into watching again, I went, I didn't need to do this. No, um, no you didn't. I did not need to do <laughs> this. You watched it the first time. I basically. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're good. Yeah, I did not need to do that. But that is uh, what I watched this week, except for last night's experience with the movie that we are about to discuss. Which was? Mandy. 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 I, was, I can't do the, the Barry Manilow. I don't remember what it lo- what it sounds like. The Barry Manilow version of that. Oh, uh, Mandy. I just I just keep going. Everyone knows it's Mandy, <laughs> which is not the same. <clears throat> that works. That works too. Oh mm-hmm. yes, Mandy. The uh, the two thousand and eighteen Panos Cosmatos, Panos Cosmatos, Panos Cosmatos film. Um, if you're online and in the horror realm, you've heard of this fucking thing ad nauseum, hopefully. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> starring Nick Cage and Andrea Riseborough and, uh, oh, damn it. Now Linus. Uh, L- yeah. Something. Linus Roach. Yeah, Linus Roach. <laughs> From Chronicles of Riddick. Richard, Richard Brake. <laughs> yes, Richard Brake in it briefly. Bill Duke in Bill the movie Duke. briefly. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> there is quite the cast in this son bitch. Um, Who's shutting this down? Who did last? Did I do last week? Yes, you did. Uh, Yes, you did. It is not me because I did the one before that. I feel like like it's me. Feels like an Austin joint. I feel like I haven't done it a one in a while. Yeah. All right. 
Let me get. Right. I'll get sixty seconds on the clock here. Will you, will you time for me? Okay. It's been a minute since I saw it, but I think I can do this. Oh, you didn't. You didn't rewatch it. No, I didn't get time. I only got. I kind of watched some of it before we did this. What's that? I'm oh, sorry. I, I got through only half of it on the rewatch. Just yeah, I, I got like a, I got like an hour because I've got like <laughs> literally. I've seen this movie three times in the past two months, so okay, right. I hate that I'm not doing it. I finally have one that I could fucking just knock out of the park and it's yeah. Austin's turn. <laughs> 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 yeah. Do we want to give it to Lucas? No, 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 no. We already said Austin. I got it. I got it. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Lucas Lies could still here. fuck it up. Uh, All right. Yeah. All right. I'm going to hit start and uh-huh. we're going to go. Okay. And start. So, alternate universe, Cody lives in the woods with his girlfriend somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, it's the early 80s. He is a lumberjack. She paints, and they have a great life. She's walking down the street one day, and this group of weird hippie freaks is like, ooh, let's check out her. And the leader's like, yo, I want to fuck, so go get her. So, his minions call upon uh, the LSD-ridden hell demon biker gang to come and steal her. But she wants nothing to do with him and his weird dick. So, out of revenge, they burn her alive in front of uh, Nick Cage. 30 seconds. He's very upset at this, understandably. He screams in the bathroom and drinks. And uh, so he decides to get his revenge. So he goes and gets his crossbow. He forges a blade. And then he finds the uh, biker gang people. He kills them. But in doing so, he takes some of the acid. So now he's all kind of crazy. Then he makes his way. There's a chainsaw fight. He, he slowly kills everyone in the group till he makes his way to the leader. He kills the leader. He gets in his car. He Bye. makes the craziest face ever. And then there's crazy uh, cosmic background. And there you go. Good summary. Ding 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 Good ding. Job, Austin. That's Good it. Job. I mean, that's that that's that fucking plot of that movie. <laughs> that is that is the plot of the in movie. In my in my favor, it's not a plot driven movie. Yes. So no, yes, it's, yes, it's, yes. I was talking to Maddie about this at dinner. That's a movie where you can I if we took ten minutes right now, we could probably name I don't know, <clears throat> thirty to fifty movies with the exact same plot. Sure. Yeah. Like, you know, just yeah, revenge. Away. I don't know about 30 to 50 bare bones weirdo. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to throw this directly to Lucas and get, okay. get your thoughts on the plot versus tone hangout version of this. Like, what you thought of how it was executed. I think the, the plot, or I guess lack thereof, is... is made up for by the fact that they do so much cool shit to make up for it. It's, it's very much supported by the choices of tone and the score is just like fucking phenomenal. The final score that Johan Johansson did before he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that like, I guess like kind of like a movie like Avatar where it's like, eh, the story was whatever, but like everything I'm looking at is fucking crazy and awesome. So I kind of I kind of forgive that there's like a pretty simple plot mm-hmm. going on here. And uh, I think that's what makes this movie so fucking cool. Just a chef's kiss. Just mwah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there's that there's that kind of like rule of, of rule, but like general like guideline of storytelling that's like if you want to do things in a crazy ass way, you have to have a really simple story. Or if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, tell a really crazy ass story, you have to do it in a way that we all can comprehend. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like you get one mm-hmm. or the other. <laughs> this mm-hmm. one right. definitely does the former of that. Um, yeah. I mean, I know a few people, my lovely girlfriend, Jessica included, who thinks it's very slow. 
mm. and, and, and a slog to get through. And that first hour can feel sluggish if you're not into what's happening there. Like if you don't right, like absolutely. that language. Yeah, we kept, for sure. we kept When Austin and I were watching it together, we kept referring to him as tender Nick Cage. <laughs> and uh, he's so, so sweet if, yeah if you're he's not into so tender sweet. nick cage then yeah the first half of this movie is not but for you, you you get your reward if you keep going you get <laughs> yeah. the nick cage you need and want and, after- and this yeah this oh i was gonna say this movie for me it's like it feels more like a visceral like emotion like when i think about mandy i think about the feelings that i felt and not like the story or like what happens? I just think about like then when this when I saw this thing, it made me feel this way. It's just like it just elicits this like primal emotion in me, mm-hmm. which I which I love because it's I love this movie so much. Mm-hmm. It does the thing of like what's the coolest way we could do the next thing and does it like regardless of how much sense it makes, you know? Right. And, well, down to it, like the the my probably my favorite scene in the movie is a great example of this, is the chainsaw fight. So Nick Cage picks up a chainsaw to fight someone, and the other guy has a chainsaw, so I'm already <laughs> halfway there because <laughs> there's about to be a chainsaw fight, and it's done so well, but then he, the way his chainsaw is positioned, it's obscured by a car, and as he pulls it, you see that it is a comically large chainsaw. <laughs> And that's I th- I think that like sealed like I already had like Hell Demon Bikers which I loved that and that just like nail in the coffin of like this is a movie that will live in my brain forever because like comically large chainsaw showed up uh, come on it's great so that's yeah. the that's the scene that Panos uh, used Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven as the reference point for Nick Cage's mm. acting so. And this is like, I read this in an interview. I would have never caught this. I don't think right. any human should ever catch this. But <laughs> no. there's uh, the, I guess Nick Cage was, when Panos was working with him on this particular sequence is how he wanted Nick Cage to act. He gave him Friday the 13th Part 7 and told him to watch Jason towards the end of the movie. So oh. where Jason's jaw is rotting off and Jason's kind of going like this and moving his mouth in a weird way. Nicholas Cage is doing that same shit in that scene, and it's because Panos told him to fucking move his mouth in a weird way. <laughs> oh my god, that's like, kind of really emulate, fucking cool. You fucking, see, that's that the, that this movie is wrought with shit like that. I feel like <laughs> just like just do it like this because it's cool. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> this guy's gonna have a tiger because it's awesome. That's it. Well, that is the, the the only reason I need most movies is do it because it's fucking cool. But I yeah. feel like this that, like that. There's a lot of shit in this movie that. It just gets so fucking heady and deep, and there's so much shit to unpack and so much like under the surface as you're watching the movie that I notice I notice this shit more and more every time I watch it. Like the way mm-hmm. the character archetypes are made, the things that are the, the deliberate dialogue that go on that goes on mm-hmm. specifically in the first half. Um, yeah, that was my kind of my on that. That was kind of my, my first thought when it ended was like there's definitely a lot there I didn't fully get and thus this is definitely something I'll be watching again multiple times to try and catch those like little subtle like to try and catch the subtlety of it because it's just like an assault on your face it's like a (laughs) super super hot chili yeah, man. So you take like, a bite a of the chili, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's the hottest chili!" But then you take another bite, you're like, "Ooh, there's maybe a little vanilla in there." You take another <laughs> bite, you're like, "Ooh, and black beans." But like the first bite is just like, "Mad!" 
<laughs> well, it's like, I mean, it's a this grief-stricken movie. fever dream. You know what I mean? That's what the movie is. I don't know. I, yeah. I think that I trip. And that with a weird. Well, you, you identified with it because it's about you. What? Oh yeah, we we were definitely like this is like if Cody had his way, like this would be him. This is going to be you. You would you would live in yeah. I'd, I'd watch Maddie. I'd live I live in forest. I'd watch my wife burn burn to death in front well, of me. Well, my, minus that part. Okay, just the like nice part at the beginning. Like yeah, that that's that's Cody right there. Yes. Oh yeah. Totally. Uh, just working at whatever job and chief and cigarettes on his logging and smoking. Well, I think that's, smoking and logging. That actually brings. I mean, that brings up a good point. Like with the movie in general, and one of the reasons that I think that. I, so I'll just spoil alert. This is probably my favorite movie of the past five years. Um, without like almost without question for me. There's wow. I love. There isn't a thing about this movie that I don't love. And every time I watch it, I find myself loving it more and more. What about the fact that Nick Cage always throws away like one quarter smoked cigarettes? <laughs> oh, does, does he? I don't think I've ever oh. noticed that. That's fantastic. Always barking in movies. Just like two always. puffs. I'm done. Like, <laughs> the um, the way that they de- the way that they develop his character, or rather, the lack thereof development specifically in the first half when he's surrounded by characters that are really kind of rounded and defined, I think is really interesting because it makes Nick Cage this sort of blank slate that allows all of the viewers to connect with him kind of on a, mm-hmm. vis- on a visceral level, especially when Mandy dies, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas they make Mandy like this, they kind of ground her as like this, you know, she's like a center, she's centered and balanced, she knows herself, um, she's, they kind of go into her past a little bit, like with her, you know, the weird, you kind of get a sense that her father was abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got those crazy scars down her face. Um, then you have weird rapey cult leader dude, Jeremiah, um, mm-hmm. who, and he's like the opposite of her, right? He's like delusional and imbalanced and he's just constantly like vi- you know, vying for attention and, you know, trying kind of like you know, trying to invent himself in a way that doesn't really make sense. It's very like Manson esque, right? Yes. Big Carpenters fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Big Carpenters, which is one of my favorite fucking lines in that whole movie because Panos, Panos is such a metalhead, and they go and he's like, they basically just fucking shit all over the Carpenters, which is something I grew up doing with my dad my whole life. Um, uh, Karen Carpenter is pretty fucking badass, so we're gonna table the the shit talk and we'll move forward fair um uh that's totally fair uh but then anyway you have those two but then you have you know red nick cage is just kind of this christmas portrait is a great album cody you should probably (laughs) (laughs) he's like this nebulous portrait of a just a you know just a blank it's just a blank slate they don't really don't give him a backstory the only thing you know is that they offer him a drink when he's on the when he's on the the truck or something or whatever, and he just doesn't take the drink, right? He doesn't want the beer, and then later he goes and takes the stashed bottle of vodka that he has hidden in the bathroom, kind of mm-hmm. like. In other words, you don't really learn anything about Nicolas Cage until once the third chapter of the movie starts. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, it feels like definitely he's he's the kind of guy who's had a past which probably hasn't been great, but has found this person in Mandy that just like makes his life. Fine, you know he he's, he gets to, he doesn't have to go to his his old demons to do the shit that he uh, to be happy like he used to. And then once she's gone, you know he, he strips down to those skivvies and gets in the bathroom with that bottle of vodka and, and screams does coke and oh, my I think <laughs> that that's scene. my favorite scene. <laughs> the bathroom scene. 
But the they, that it is something. Shot, he's the greatest awkward. actor that's ever lived. Two, that, when, that when, scene, we were, when we scene, were watching two it, takes. when we just, when we were, I'm amazed there was a second one. When we were watching <laughs> it just now, I was watching it before we hopped on. Um, Kayla was sitting and we were eating dinner. <laughs> when we watched that scene, and Kayla goes, Is Nick Cage a good actor? <laughs> yes. That's a, <laughs> that's, said, that's a brilliant scene. To which I replied, Yes and no. <laughs> I think like if you like if you if you watch just that scene right and you're like you've got to take it out of it's almost built to be a meme in a way right yeah because it, it's everything about the movie is over the top so it doesn't bug me but like in no way do I watch that scene and go oh man I really feel this guy's torment no I'm like this guy's fucking insane and yelling <laughs> well, but that it, the scene directly before that was the cheddar goblin scene so like you know what you're in for already yeah. you know? sure so, like, but actually I think that cheddar goblin scene is is almost like an imperative moment in that movie because up mm-hmm. until then you're just it's just like getting punched in the dick repeatedly right just over and yeah. over and over again and there's suddenly this totally random and funny moment where you have a cheddar goblin fucking puking up mac and cheese yeah. on a child it tells you that this is you're allowed to have a good time now right like we can start yeah. having fun with this right and, which is i think yeah. is so important with a movie like this yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't take it seriously, or it's, it's too ridiculous. And then the the I don't know. I mean, not to go too too much further. I mean, I I honestly could spend hours just going on and on about the weird little fucking things that I keep finding about this movie that I'm trying to unpack. Give me the things. Okay. I wish we had some kind of like platform <laughs> where we could like discuss all that stuff mm. and like share a, it with other people. Yeah. I wish you had an outlet for that. For your yeah, things, I probably should have been recording this whole time. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Well, we can go. Okay, so, all right. <laughs> Hold on. I have to prepare myself now. Um, <laughs> so oh, to unwrap this gift. My, yeah. He's uh, got a binder. So last night when I watched this movie, uh, I've, I've seen this movie, I, th- I can't remember how many times, but this time was the first time that I watched it on a big screen. I watched it in the backyard. And right before it started, I popped, uh, popped a little five milligram edible. Um, and five? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, you going I'm a, soft on me, bro? I'm a baby oh. with that shit, dude. I can't fucking get <laughs> oh. stuff. Are you crazy? Five um, puts me right to sleep. Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah, oh, no, I want to watch the movie. Um, I want to watch the movie and feel good. I don't want to fucking if feel like I... If I was like watch a movie, I need one. One. I can watch yeah. a movie. Lucas, for clarity, for a while, I was taking uh, a quarter of a milligram. Um, Holy moly. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, but I started to... When the movie started, um, I don't know, maybe I was just maybe the edible was kicking it and maybe I was just paying more attention, but I started to pick up things like that really kind of stuck out to me with the characters. So there's a sequence at the beginning of the movie where Mandy and Nick Cage are cuddling in bed mm-hmm. and uh, they're talking about planets and he, and it's that dialogue seems so fucking like integral and really like meticulously written. So he, she says, uh, uh, he asks her what her favorite planet is and she says Jupiter um, and Jupiter is kind of like he, she describes it as that chaos planet right that always has storms mm-hmm. going at all times and then Nick Cage says that his favorite planet is Saturn and Saturn historically has been that was one of the earliest planets that was discovered by humans and has become this sort of thing like figurative of myth longer than most planets right but then he jokes and he says, actually, I'm Galactus. And she says, Galactus is not a planet. He says, that's right, but that's the thing that eats the fucking planets. Mm-hmm. So, 
there's a reading of this movie, I think, where especially hinting that kind of like they allude to later in the movie where she, in talking about Jupiter, is really talking about Red, whose life is filled with chaos and kind of wrath, and it's about mm-hmm. to get worse, right? Whereas she, when he says Saturn, he's talking about her. She's like this mythical god creature in a way. And I think mm-hmm. that they do things in the movie that really drive that home, specifically the part where she's getting out of the lake and she's kind of going towards the fire. It's like almost like this mythical goddess thing going mm-hmm. on, which I thought was right. really poignant and beautiful. But then later, I, I noticed that Richard Brake, the chemist, says to him, uh, he calls him the Joven warrior set forth from the eye of the storm. Oh. Mm. So Joven mm. is the Latin word for Jupiter. Oh. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Well done. So I thought that was like, that. That's fu- obviously, I, this took like reading, right? I didn't it's just fucking, fucking figure this out. Yeah, I've, always, so I've always wondered cool. what that reference was, the Joven yeah. warrior thing. And then the, that keeps going. So then the idea of Galactus, I read somewhere that Panos considers that Mandy is Galactus, and it still goes back, harkens back to what Red says is his favorite. He's actually talking about Mandy. But I think that's interesting because trying to unpack what Abraxas is. So when the the cult calls to the demon bikers, they use the they use the horn of Abraxas, that sort of phallic looking horn thing, right? A little ocarina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the right, the ocarina yeah. time. Um, but hey, so Abraxas is is a word that I believe it's Greek, and it it's found in all of these different places throughout history, and in short, it's really complicated, so I don't want to go too deep into it, because, unless somebody just happens, one of the three of you happen to know, like, a short version of what Braxis is. No. no. Resounding no. 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 Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Proudly, no. <laughs> I, the, the, We're dumb, dumb idiots. One of the things that I figured is that it's, that is, that I remembered from college was that that's, it's a demon figure in some areas of the world in some cultures, which is interesting that because it's calling demons, right? But mm-hmm. in the Marvel universe... That's what I was going to bring up. I was like, Galactus is a fucking villain. Galactus yeah, is a villain and Abraxas is his right hand, right? And Silver Surfer... Doesn't Silver Surfer... Isn't Silver Surfer the one that kicks their asses? I don't know. Probably. They all... Galactus e- fucks with a lot At of some e- point, Silver Surfer also works for Galactus for a hot minute. But yes... Right, so yeah. it's, I don't know, when you start, it, now's the part where I, my head starts to kind of spin, because I'm trying I think, to, like, I, I, I think in that moment, he's definitely talking about the Marvel character. Mm-hmm. In the, yeah. In, in, the, the, in, in the dialogue, yeah. When he's talking like to Mandy? Right, when I he says, so, actually, yeah. I'm Galactus, he's actually talking about the Marvel character. But he, mm-hmm. his favorite is Galactus, but I think that's interesting, because that means that Mandy is the eater of worlds. Yeah, which I think makes sense, given what happens in the movie. It, it's true because he just 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 destroys everyone in his path. No, no, no. But Mandy is Galactus. Oh, oh, oh yes, yes. I, I don't know that I see that that way. I, I see red. I think it's interesting that the d- writer director feels that way though. Well, what does he know? I, right. I, think, uh, I, I don't think, think it, it's meant to like have the context and negativity with it. It's like she's the eater of worlds. Like she could consume planets. Like that's how much she he thinks of her. Oh, that's that's is, a good way of putting it. Is interesting to me. It's a like, very he, good way of putting she's it. She's so powerful, and she does. Like she consumes. Like I mean, this cult leader is brought is in our context of the film brought up to be built up to be this just you know 
inexorable figure of power and then mandy just shows up and laughs at him mm-hmm. <laughs> and like and then she penis. even lives past her corporeal form like she lives on through these fucking fan- fantasy animations where she's mm-hmm. th- is this kind of goddess like riding this like heavy metal style like riding yeah. these things and being badass like she exists beyond the plane of 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 reality so i think non-negatively he thinks she's Galactus. Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. But I think that like with all of those readings where it's, you know, this they're they're talking about the planets, the last scene of the movie where the planets are there's those two oh, big fuck. planets above yeah. them, right? Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. this sort of like void thing kind of floating towards it. Mm-hmm. It just all it, I don't know. It just wraps the movie up into a nice big fucking you know present for me right. every time. Well, that and I she was always painting like super right, yeah, yeah, super f- yeah, fantasy weird. stuff. See, I thought yeah. that was more like I thought Panos was trying to do that. Like, what was that thing called? Heavy metal. Yeah, that, yeah. the, yeah. the yeah. animated series. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. like. He was just kind of going back and forth with that, like, just as, like, a flavor on top of the whole movie. Like, let's do a fucking heavy metal theme. Well, I think it's heavy metal, and it's also hearkening back to... God, I'm blanking on what the fucking artist's name was. He he did so much art Fran- for, like, Frank Frenzetta. Yep, that guy. Frank Frenzetta. It's Frank Frazetta, you uncultured swine. He did all those... Um, the crazy, all the shit that you see, like that, that you look at the picture, like that's Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Princess of Mars, right, sort of shit. Like, right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But and actually, onto the drawings that she does, and I, this is going to go to the one, the other thing that I've been trying to unpack. Um, do you guys know that there's a post-credit scene? I think no. everyone's so excited to finally bail what? when it's the credits roll. <laughs> so at the, <laughs> I don't think so. At the ver- it's not. I mean, it's not much of a scene. It's more of just an on. image. But mm-hmm. it's um, oh. when the credits finish, it is uh, a shot of everything that Mandy's been drawing. Mm. And oh, one no. of the things that she draws is a picture of Nick Cage smoking a cigarette. And it's his profile. And then sort of shadowed above him is the tiger. Mm. Yeah. So I, given that and given the tiger shirt he's wearing and given the tiger that the chemist has that then he sort of just like lets out after having this very interesting dialogue with Nick Cage in general when Nick Cage there you go baby oh. Nick, uh, <laughs> Lucas is hold, as I was going to call him Nicholas Lucas is holding a tiger patch up that has blood on his face from Mandy thank you Legion M for all this wonderful merchandise that you've given us um, we love you uh, I love my cheddar girl goblin plushie that was cost way too much money but I love it um, I sleep <laughs> with it sometimes um, oh. if I'm being honest um, oh. anyway uh I've been trying to figure out what the tiger represents in that movie. I think logically you go to the concept of the tiger represents strength and courage, right? In, in his, in historically in cultures, tigers have represented strength and courage, Mm -hmm. but it just seems so simple to just say that it's just strength and courage. Yeah. Cause like I thought uh, that's lion What's lion got to do. Yeah. Lion's lion's got no job now. So, right. I thought <laughs> tigers tiger. represented uh, fertility, Chinese fertility, because it looks like grind up tigers mm. for, for boner pills. Tiger bomb. Uh, tiger bomb for the muscles. This this mm-hmm. went a weird way real fast. <laughs> Frosted tiger. flakes mm-hmm. cereal. Yeah. Frosted flakes, yeah. Uh, they're great. Joe Exotic. Uh, Joe Exotic. Hillbilly Zoos. Mm hmm. Uh, Ozymandias uh, as a Tiger Woods Ozymandias yeah. does it's like a but it's like a golf a, a regal thing it's a sign of golf 
<laughs> golf. You say golf. <laughs> golf. Yeah. It's golf. Golf. Oh my god. Yeah, anyway, there's, what's there's your... a lot of interesting shit, but you can you can tell. And I, I've probably watched this movie five or six times. I didn't know. I didn't make a lot of those connections. I don't I've honestly try to sometimes. Um, but you can tell that. I mean, Panos isn't a guy who who's very prolific, but when he makes shit. Is this deep and involved and esoteric and, and not always meant to be directly, easily connected from dot to dot? You know, and it makes sense that he would that it does all make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it just it's it strikes me as one of those movies where there's just everything seems so carefully decided, mm. and specifically when you start right. seeing things like oh the there's actually a connection with the planets and what they're saying throughout right. the movie. Mm-hmm. You have right. to kind and of I assume that like other shit, like the tiger, for instance, means right. more than just the fact that there's a so chemist I, that yeah. has a fucking tiger in a cage. Yeah, like I, I totally... Cause that, I appreciate Panos for for the Cheddar Goblin moments for the dummies like me who who desperately want to know what the tiger's about and who desperately yeah. want to know, you know, all these weird, the Joven Warrior references and, like, that kind of stuff where I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about right now. It's cool what you're saying. <laughs> I like what I'm hearing. Don't know what it means. Right. But I like it. And but but I actually do desperately want to know what it means because I'm like, I know it's uh, everything here has been done purposefully. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I mean, like, and I know that like chainsaw was just to be cool, but tiger. I'm like, I don't like why. Yeah. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna make it kill somebody right now, like why is tiger here? And I just, right. And, and I think with this movie, like I I typically will tune out very very quickly of like overly heady things. You know, like some of the like da- like say like David Lynch stuff. Like some of the like real out there Lynch. Like I just tune out and I have no desire to try and pick it apart because it's so fucking wild and it's it kind of feels like a middle finger like okay I'm not even gonna try <laughs> but what I love about this movie is like I could tell that I wasn't just seeing shit for seeing shit's sake there was intention behind it and it was carefully placed but it was layered with enough like accessibility and fun that I want to go back yep. and that's I think what is so impressive about this movie is like it is clearly intentional and thoughtful and heady and artistic but it it doesn't sacrifice like wouldn't it be cool as shit if there was a chainsaw fight and if he made a blade and attacked LSD bikers with it like yes it has that perfect balance of like you you are you are saying something and being an artist and also just giving me great shit to have fun watching you know oh, it's a fucking it's just a fucking blast man the whole movie oh god it's so good the yeah. the I wanted I feel like would be remiss not to take like one minute to talk about the score. Um, it's fantastic. I mean, as far as like a final body of work, it's mm-hmm. just, it's fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that score. I like listening to the score by itself. The, the way Ooh, that it builds. That. And then when they get the guitar work that comes in about halfway through courtesy of, mm-hmm. of Stephen O'Malley from the band sun. Um, it's just fucking Is that the shirt you're wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Sun. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Um, uh, sometimes Cody sometimes <laughs> some fucking times <laughs> what it's great go Lucas lay into me fine please please Cody I just I don't know the, the score I just think is fucking just insane and the way that like that last sequence where they, they have that like super trudgy doomy track going through mm-hmm. and he's walking into that church oh, just gets me so 
fucking engorged. Yep. <laughs> waiting for that. Waiting for how erect. Yeah. To discuss how erect you were at the, uh, the final the final scene score. You know, I will say that. What, so I I took I, you know, popped that edible and the moment. Did you get hard? Did you get erect? Uh, yeah, the whole movie. Um, but okay. The uh, oh. the moment when they sting her in the neck with the <gasps> horn I, just, thing. Yeah. I was just about to bring that up. I so, love that I don't know like what happened, so but like somehow, maybe it was just my mind, but the moment Probably. that that happened, the edible like punched me in the dick real hard. <laughs> and like, I started like, like, you know, I, eyes melting over the fucking like crazy chemtrail imagery they got going. Yeah. And well, that's then perfect timing. I think it was probably because of the edible, but then after Mandy died, I felt like it got about 15 degrees colder outside mm. and I was shivering for the next, the last hour of the movie. Hell just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the second most optimal experience you can have watching that movie. Just yeah. Under that duress. Yeah. Or extreme duress and cold and, and drugs. Mm-hmm. And I'd be, I'd be remiss. This is the first time I've talked about this film on a, on a, uh, releasable platform. I'd be remiss. You guys have heard me speak ad nauseum. I, I watched this movie you just take a swig from a bottle straight up. I love it. This no, it's a water this bottle. Is water. He's not it's a towel. It's got a tent to it. I know. It looked cool. I was like, oh, that. hell yeah. Good work, Cody. Um, I saw this film in probably the best situation you could ever see this film. I, it was the West Coast premiere at Beyond Fest in 2018 at the Egyptian Theater with Panos and uh, Nick Cage in attendance to discuss the film after and the man dressed in a snakeskin suit and i sat two seats over from joe magnello and i and i have you never were hard been. the whole time you won't even you don't even understand <laughs> i don't even know what hard is <laughs> so <laughs> you know, turgid no there a new element could have been created from what was inside <laughs> my <laughs> no, that was just that was a delightful experience, and I like I thought that that would paint my image of the film because it certainly did. Like, how can you ever like you watch anything under a, a great experience and have that image of it? But then I I own it on Blu-ray. I've watched it numerous times. It's still like that thing. Still, it earns its like visceral feeling. It, it mm-hmm. earns everything. It, everyone's talked about it, and it's become the sad thing. And I hope I think we'll get past it eventually. Is that it's become a meme, you know, like, cause it, it does have shame. all the trademarks. I mean, it has all the trademarks of memeability. Like it's pure Nick Cage insanity. There's bananas imagery. There's just so much weird stuff. But yeah, then, I've heard that this is, people call it one of Nick Cage's most insane performances. It absolutely is. And that, that draws a level of ire, you know, cause mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Nick Cage is known for doing some weird shit, but like, mm-hmm. this is a great performance from a great I, actor. I, <laughs> like, and it's weird as shit. It is, but like yeah. it, it's it, you know? it, the, the fucked up part is like, I get that he's insane you guys, but like, it's perfect for this movie. Yeah. Oh, like he's yeah. done weird performances and stuff that doesn't make sense. And like, mm-hmm. it's just like, wow, this is a choice, but you're like, this is the movie for it. Well, mm-hmm. especially like when, like the scene that is now like the two scenes that are the meme, right? The last scene of the movie where he just has the most maniacal, weird fucking look on his face, which mm-hmm. all right, I can see that being a weird meme if taken out of context. But, yeah, and sure. then the scene where he's in the bathroom, which, I mean, I haven't seen every movie that Nick Cage has been in, but that's the most, in, uh, outside of the entirety of Raising Arizona, I think that's the most that's impressed with him that I've, that I've ever been. Especially, like, because it's so, it's, to me at least, it was so visceral and believable. With that said, I am not an actor. 
And it sounds like Austin's fiance actress feels mm-hmm. that it was not a good performance. And I would be curious to know if she could uh, elaborate on that. Austin, would you please get her over here now? Thank you. Uh, here to elaborate on her feelings about Nick Cage's performance in Mandy is my fiance, Kaylin Zarin. Hello. So, so in, when you watched Mandy, you, you seemed surprised to know that Nick Cage is considered a good actor. Um, would you like to expand on that? Sure. I thought there was a lot of crying. In the movie? And leg. Too much leg? Or was it too much crying? Could have been both. And you thought that made him not a good actor? Uh, I don't know if I would say not a good actor. I just felt like, you know how we can ugly cry sometimes? Uh-huh. I felt like every time that he showed emotion, it was like ugly cry. Right. And also at times when he was showing emotion, he was also showing thigh. Yeah. He tends to be a very dramatic kind of actor. Yeah. I didn't realize his legs were so long. Okay. Uh, do you have feelings about Nick Cage in general in, in other works that you've seen? Have you seen many of Nick Cage's? I've seen a few. I really thought that he did phenomenal work. I don't know if you saw his latest and greatest, uh-huh. National Treasure it's 1 and latest. 2. Are those you are, sure? Those are, yeah, those that's are how old. you look at it, I think. No, there's a date. There's a year <laughs> on it. But that's just a year. Yeah. I keep it alive in my heart. That's great. It's not the latest. You, well, like, you like the National Treasure movies. Yes. There, I thought, in both films, he depicted a sense of urgency, of adventure. He was strong. He was courageous. He was uh, he was the leading man, right? Uh-huh. And then in Mandy, uh-huh. he was sad. Okay. And it Do was you think just... his, his sad acting was good? You know when someone's crying and you want to comfort them? Uh-huh. And then sometimes when someone's crying, you don't want to comfort them? Uh-huh. I felt like the latter. I felt okay. his tears were a bit much at times. So you didn't want to hug him? No. That's good to know. Now, listeners, now you know what I live with um, every day. So <laughs> I guess you. I guess final thoughts, uh, just to sort of sum up your thesis. Uh, Nick Cage, good or bad actor? Great actor. Oh, wow. Depends on the movie. Oh, you thought he's a great actor, but not in Mandy. Correct. National Treasure 1 and 2, love him. Okay. The best. Okay. Thank you, <laughs> Kaylin. You're welcome. Uh, all right. We have a Kaylin Zarin update. She wanted to say something else. Not with Nick Cage's acting. That I can leave alone, rest okay. assured. It's with the word courage. Cra- <laughs> <laughs> Courageous. Courageous. Yeah, you said it weird. Courageous. And you want to show that you can say and it And I'm right saying here. it right. Okay. Courageous. Okay. Would you like right? to say the word corduroy? No. Okay. Corduroy. Oh, there it is. Courageous. Yeah, very good. Do you want to like... He has a courageous heart. Nick Cage, he we, was courageous. We get it. Do you want to like pimp your Instagram or something? <laughs> pimp my Instagram? Yeah. Was it a ride? Or is, you want to tell a... people your Instagram handle? Oh, sure. Just underscore Zarin. Okay, you can go find her there. Thank you. Bye. I feel like she had the opposite feeling, right? Oh, I, I, no, I thought, no, she, I think she said to Austin at the beginning of when they were watching it, is he a, is he a bad actor? Yeah, I don't think she liked it. Oh, I thought she said, and is he a good actor? That's what she said. Is he a good actor, but in a way of like, I'm watching bad things. Oh, I'm watching bad acting. Was the it. intent behind I took it? The it. Other way that, like, like she hears <laughs> that people like his acting, and she's like, Is "Correct, he a guy? Yeah. yeah." Like she knows he's famous, but she's questioning his abilities to act. I, I don't feel that that scene is a, a showcase of range <laughs> and, and acting <laughs> ability. To be honest, I enjoy it, but 
He just screams and then cries a little. I mean, it's like a one act play. I don't, I don't think he's a bad actor. Don't I'm not in the camp of like Nick Cage sucks. We've brought up Raising Arizona. That's one of my favorite movies of all time, and Nick Cage is phenomenal in that, and he's given enough great performances. And yeah, as he's gotten older, he's tipped a little more towards screaming and doing weird shit. Mom and dad. But as you say, it works for this movie so, so well. I'm never off-put by his over-the-top-ness. But I wouldn't say I was impressed with his acting abilities by this movie. Oh, man, I was. But I'm also not an actor. Cody, I think I I heard this from you, that when he was approached to do this movie, he... They wanted him to be the cult leader. He, they wanted him to be mm, Jeremiah. Yeah, he came in right? and he, he, yeah, Panos and he, for that matter, started out as it was in mind that he was going to play the cult leader. But he was said, he changed his mind when I want to play, I want to play Red. I want to play the Like hero. after he read the script, he was like, I want to be Red. Yeah. Um, and okay. then, um, uh, if, if I remember, it's, it's been a while since I listened to this interview. But then I believe that what happened is that Elijah Wood and Daniel Noah. Oh, it was the Spectre Vision yeah. podcast. Looked right? at, yeah. yeah, looked at Panos and were like, you know, what was it a good idea? Actually, I, th- <laughs> I think this was just an interview with Elijah Wood somewhere that I read or saw or listened to. But anyway, they say, um, you know, they said, did, Panos said, did I make a mistake? And Elijah Wood was like, yeah, I think you made a big fucking mistake, bro. And they brought him back. But I guess at first, like, Panos did not think that Nick, he did not envision Nicolas Cage as being the like the optimal ver- person to play red which is interesting considering that i cannot this movie is a different fucking movie if nicholas cage plays jeremiah correct yeah, i don't i don't know because like who do you i mean there is a wide swath of character actor world that you draw from to play red but like what what are you envisioning from someone who's not nick cage doing that? i'm not i'm right. not sure i've never i've never i mean i have no idea i will I say it wise, that it's yeah. the the casting of linus roche as uh the cult leader is fantastic given that he is in a fucking cult in real life like super high cult? up in a cult yeah he's Roche um cult. what cult uh enlightened next oh it does sound like a cult yeah it's bizarre also, fun fact. Um, so they what, they, what do they do? It's very do you know strange that he was uh, like willing to do that. It's a, it's <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah, exactly. I know. the the cult is. I think I don't I don't I don't really know much about it, but it's like a. I think it's some sort of like weird fringy religious cult. Right. Um, well, I was going to say, Lucas. Uh, people in cults don't think they're in cults. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so, ah. so he so he's probably like, yeah, I'll play a cult. Those fucking idiots. Move. And he yeah. goes back to his commune and like <laughs> drinks oil or whatever weird shit they do. <laughs> I love that in the script. It's spe- I I heard this in that same interview with Elijah Wood. The script specifically called for the cult leader to have a small penis. Really? Yeah. The, the, I didn't think his was small. no. They, obviously, yeah, they didn't go with, with that. It looked very average. It looked it looked super regular. It was a penis. It was like no a offense, it was like a Ford Linus. Focus. Yeah, exactly. That's hey man, that's what I say all the time. Like it, mine won't impress you, but it'll get you. Right. It'll get you A to B. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does the job. <laughs> yeah, it's not turning heads, but you know, it's got heated it seats. That. You're fine. Yeah, it's it, it's in like the Honda Accord Ford Focus school of thought. Yeah. It's fine. It's, yeah. it's it is just a sensible. Like car, we're going we're going yeah. to electric guys. No one likes big rah, 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 rah anymore. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're it's evolving. Got, it's got like heated quiet, seats. Quiet, subtle. Yeah. Aut- you, autopilot. You it's got autopilot. a GPS. Yeah. A smooth ride, you'll barely notice. Bluetooth even. compatible, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just kick back and enjoy the ride. 
quiet. It's great. <laughs> it's quiet. <laughs> Shit, boys. What do we what do we think? Any more to, to speak on the man? I mean, I could I could keep going for hours talking right, about this movie sure. to be honest. But at that point, the podcast would probably get very boring. It would turn yeah, into a lot of me yelling, and standing. You've and done a, you've done a great job. Cody. You have done a phenomenal TBH. job of yeah. giving legitimacy to our podcast. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Um, this is not something we normally do. Yeah, this is what. Yeah, this is one of the first times where we didn't just watch a movie and go, "Well, that was weird." Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's actually. It's, I was thinking that before we started this, because I looked out at my phone and I was like, "Man, I wrote a lot of fucking notes for this one. I haven't done that <laughs> since." What? When? When was the last? I was that- demon. The last time we like no threads, I guess. Uh, I've no, never, not even I wrote threads. a pretty good amount of notes for Blackula, I'd say. Oh yeah, Blackula. Oh, yeah, Blackula. We had a pretty good in-depth conversation. Same with same with Ganja and Hess. You guys do notes? I mean, sometimes. <laughs> Most of the time. Not for, not, like, not on done. Slumber Party Massacre, I did not take notes. Note free, baby! Actually, I take that back. I, on Slumber Party Massacre, I did take notes. because I, nice I took a ton, ton, of, fuck ton of notes on Slumber Party. I knew we were doing two. I yeah. didn't take any notes on Iron Legend at, at all. No. no, no none no. of those. Um, no need. Yeah. No need. Every now and then. All right. Are we, are we going to rate this bitch? Are we going to give it? I'll go what first. Are gonna give it. Lucas is going first. I'll go first. I give, I give Mandy, the tour de force that is Mandy. Uh, it is my favorite fucking T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you ripped my shirt. Can I interject one more thing? Can I interject one more thing? One more thing. So, there is a scene in the movie. I th- I believe it's uh, yeah, it's the end where. Nick Cage is sort of having that weird like flashback sequence where he's in the bar and he sees Mandy. Presumably, you kind of get the impression that it's for the first time. They're both wearing the 44 shirt. Mm-hmm. I just think that's Wait, really where? interesting. Where? And, at the end of the movie, right before, like right after he crushes uh, Jeremiah's skull into oblivion, um, mm-hmm. and he's kind of having that flashback scene. He and and it's it's kind of you get the impression that it might be the first time that he and Mandy met each other, and Mandy's like tearing when she sees him at some lumberjack bar. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. They're both wearing that forty four shirt, which that was interesting. Oh, that's why it's his. That's why it's his I own that shirt. I, Hell yeah! Also. I don't know, as do I. I don't know if that means anything, but it could. That's great. Moving on. I'm sorry, Lucas. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, I I am giving Mandy, 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 Mandy. I, I am giving you one brightly colored, coke dusted, blood splattered Frank Franzetta Frazetta painting. <laughs> it's one or the other, uh, in that you are a, a a marquee of different tastes and tones, and that movement works because it's cool as fuck and that's all I want out of my movies at, at, at their best it, you do a thing because it's cool great I don't give a shit elsewise I don't care where the story's going where the character's going you do this because it's cool you get points and Manny managed to do things that are cool and also tell a, a good story with, with great characters and cool uh, fantasy imagery and weird ass hellscape Cenobite shit. So yeah, <laughs> one of those. I give this movie one fat boy offering. <laughs> um, oh, uh, as an homage to the lower level cult member who <laughs> was the offering to the LSD carnivorous <laughs> demons. 
<laughs> we forgot about the the the, the hangers on of that tribe, the slack jawed idiot and the fucking yeah, <laughs> the, and the big boy. Well, the girl who like was uh, you know Russian relating herself. Um, yeah, as I said earlier, this movie just feels like a visceral emotion. It's just like it's just sensory overload and. I enjoy the shit out of it, and I don't fully understand it, and I don't know that I ever will. And unlike most movies like that, I I want to go back and I want to keep living in this world. It has a very like Fury Road type feel in that you're just dropped into this insane place, and and we don't have to explain everything, and I don't need everything explained, and it just works, man. And yeah, I I love it. I recommend it to everyone. Watch it. You'll either love it or hate it, and you'll know something about yourself. So, watch it. Uh, I give uh, Mandy. Uh, I give Mandy Mandy, um, which uh, in this case is the highest. I think the highest order you could give this movie, given that Mandy is this mythical god woman that is worshipped by everybody in the movie. Uh, in mm-hmm. other words. Uh, for me, I think this is a, this is a perfect movie for me. Um, uh, I don't see a thing wrong with it. I have heard uh, lots of people disagree with me on that. My wife, for instance, thinks that this is the slowest movie she's ever seen, um, next to The Shining. Um, as you can see, she and I do not. Whew, some contention there. Um, well, well, you, well just... you meet on you get you meet up on Harry Potter. Harry Potter is the Venn diagram overlap. We we meet up on Harry Potter. Um, yeah, uh, I, I love everything about this movie for all of the reasons that all three of you said. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that because if I keep talking, we're going to be here for another hour. And donate to our Patreon to get yeah. our other hour of Mandy talk. <laughs> yes, exactly. By the time you get this episode, we may have a Patreon and another hour of Cody speaking. Yeah, for that <laughs> matter, dear right. listeners, if you guys liked My Little Diatribe and thought that I had some shit to say that was actually interesting, please let us know. And maybe, just maybe, we'll do another episode on Mandy, where, or I'll do another episode on Mandy, where I'll just yeah, talk solo tracks. for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do a Kodo. So, uh, that'd be great. Cody can do his solo Mandy, and I'll bring back fan mail but for this uh hell yeah so let us know we might charge you i don't know yet um that'll be on patreon our solo podcast yeah because by now <laughs> what by now we have a patreon and we're famous mm-hmm. um yeah because you're all watching hallow stream right we don't have to do our day jobs anymore and we just get paid lots of money to eat hot sauce and torture ourselves on the hallow stream and through our patreon for people that want to pay us a lot of money to keep doing the podcast thing you've and all shut done your dude so yeah, no, uh, no Patreon yet. We're not there. Um, we still have our jobs, um, but you know, if you if you want to get us to the the point of a Patreon, you could like and subscribe and rate and review and tell your friends and follow us on Twitter at Freakenstein ENT. Follow us on Instagram at Freakenstein underscore ENT. Um, you know, I'd like to get to the Patreon place. I'd like to only do this. You know, we could give you more of this. So if you like it, you know, tell your friends and stuff. Um, but until then, yeah, you find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on uh, DoorDash. That's just because uh, we work there. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, tell your friends. Let's get let's get this Patreon going. Yeah, what, Lucas? All, I'm just saying, that you've, you as listeners have done your due diligence as fans of our show to uh, rate 
uh, and subscribe and mm-hmm. review our show. And you've and, told uh, everyone. We're very, we're very appreciative of it. And you told all your friends about it. And, and uh, you follow the Instagram, mm-hmm. which is not Shudcast anymore, which is probably confusing, but it's Freakenstein Entertainment, so find that. And you've gone to the shutter offices and you've begun throwing, uh, you've begun to throw rocks uh, through their windows until uh, mm-hmm. with with the words shut. Oh, don't do that! Don't do don't don't. I hope you haven't done that because that's well, we're expensive. not doing that, and we're, we're not, not condoning you do yeah. it. We're just but saying it, but they did. But it, they've done. I don't, it want, I don't want fans that throw rocks through our windows. I'm not saying. No, I'm not obstructing them too. I'm just They're saying fertilized chicken eggs. First of all, Lucas, by the time this episode's <laughs> out, we're so famous that, and it's because of those. Crazy fans, those because we're we're the Jeremiah Sand to those people. They went and threw rocks we have into duty. the window of Shutter, and they just say, "Get the Shudcast and fund them and sponsor them and put them on on your oh, platform." Oh, not and our. Uh, I thought okay, their office. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll do you one better. If you go to the Shutter offices and you throw a rock through their window with a note attached to it or something that says, give the Shudcast money, I, like Jeremiah, will stand before you in an open kimono and and uh, give you a dissertation on my feelings on the war. I don't, I don't see how your, you can turn during that During a jail visit. I didn't throw the rock, and this is a consensual kimono This opening. is during your jail visit. So, I know. You are visiting them. And, yeah. you'll, and Austin, well, you'll don't, weep and don't cry get caught and, and say, I'll, I'll suck your fucking dick, man. I'll suck your fucking dick. <laughs> Well, no, that's only if it goes poorly. I, I'm still, I'm the early part of the movie, Jeremiah, where things are going my way. You mean before he gets he gets laughed at the size of his penis and sits there trying to yes. fucking beat off? Yes, I'm that slit that split second of open kimono confidence, Jeremiah. Yeah. So that's that's the, who I am. Yeah, the moment when you think that your ripoff Carpenter's music is good. Yes, got it. But no more. The movie stops there. In for my for me, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, shit, yeah, friends. Thank you again for listening. Again, this is a, a, a little bit in the future, probably when you hear this. So we have mm. been doing things at the Hallow Stream. Continue to find us there, unless it's defunct, and then I don't know. Keep finding us here. Yeah, we yeah. may have we may have gotten tired. <laughs> yeah, we may have <laughs> exactly may have gotten tired uh, or maimed. Uh, yeah, or maimed. These punishments are getting out of control with some of the things that Lucas is suggesting True. in these Slack threads. Granted, I've also been talking about wiring up the chairs with an electric current. So I guess what Lucas is yeah, suggesting you know is safer. Like, I've been going on Twitch, guys. Um, most people just play video games. We should just do that. Because, you know, there's this guy called Ninja, and he makes 500 grand a month. So we should do that. And he drinks no hot sauce. No hot sauce. <laughs> Only money. And I watched his channel, and it was boring as shit. Our channel's way better than his, and he way makes a shitload cool. more money. So we need to figure this out. We are way cool. We need to appeal. Ninja. We need to somehow to appeal to fourteen-year-olds. Then I don't know how you do that. I guess you TikTok. Do we, I can't TikTok. I, I refuse. Austin's I, kimono decided, performance. I will kimono for you Ooh, if you. That's that. Now that's you, <laughs> Austin. Jail <Uh-oh>. time. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Now no, that no, situation no. got flipped real quick. <laughs> yeah, it got inappropriate very fast. Yes, if you're going to throw a rocket shutter, be of age, or you get no kimono. <laughs> On that note, thank you again. Thank you. Thank Check you. us out next time we're in your ears. Wait, are we? I've just realized we haven't been reading the credit card. Does anyone read the credit card? Oh, yeah. I, think we should, I think we should kill that bit. 
I'm over that bit. I think we're done with <laughs> that's that. Fine. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> like fine. read Stop. my legit credit card this time. That's fine. All right, bye, listeners. Oh, okay. Oh, please do that. Maybe oh, next time. Well, maybe next time. Listen in. <laughs> okay, bye.